Welcome to Inside Out, a podcast from Ipsos UU that explores emerging trends, budding innovations, fresh thoughts, and creative ways to get closer to real people in real life. Each episode will have a conversation with an expert with a unique first-hand perspective to help us to reveal insights that expose truths, evoke empathy, and fuel business growth now and into the future. Hi, I'm April Jeffries, and I'm your host of today's episode of Insight Out. Today we'll be exploring the need for humans in a world that seems to be driven by technology, data, and information overload. Our expert with us today is Radhika Roy, the head of curation at Ipsos and author of the white paper, Human Curation in an AI World. Welcome to the show, Radhika. We'd like to start this episode um, with just asking you about this fascinating white paper you have written here. It's called Human Curation in an AI World. What was the driving force behind you writing this? What, what really intrigued me when I was looking at it is that now while I embrace technology a lot, somehow intuitively I have, I have not been one of the, you know, a part of the bandwagon that says, oh, you know, the machines are going to take over, everything is going to go away, you know, humans are going to become obsolete or we're all going to become hybrids and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, so as I, you know, as I started delving deeper, it, it, I wanted to sort of formalize and crystallize what it is I felt uh, the human spirit is all about, you know, the human the way the human creativity or the process of creativity i wanted to explore more about why is it that my intuitive reaction is that i don't think humans will go away you know go out of fashion so fast so 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 that's interesting so let's take a step back for a minute because you use some terms in there that are just interesting for someone who talks about embracing technology in one hand and then you use words like human spirit and intuition and things like that. Tell me a little bit about yourself that would make those two things kind of come together for you. Hmm. <laughs> so I am a very opinionated person. Uh, <laughs> yes, I I've noticed that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have opinions about everything and uh, often I'm wrong too. And uh, a lot of times I'm right, but I, you know, when I sort of introspect, I find uh, uh, the 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 birth of my reaction or my response always is intuitive, and 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 then uh, you know you do because we are all in a business where we don't want to be just swept away by our intuition, right? So then you dig deeper and try to try to understand and analyze it. But I've always found that the what your intuition tells you, there is there is a core of truth in it, which which. Which, when you know, for me, it was very insightful thinking about that. Opinions, having opinion, having a point of view on everything. I'm very immersed in, uh, like, I'm a news junkie. I love politics. Um, I studied political science. I I love movies. I you know I consume movies, music, books uh, a lot, and you know each of these things are constantly stimulating your uh, thinking. So I, I think I would say I'm a very opinionated person. 
I feel very passionately about a lot of things and uh, I love to be immersed in things I'm, it, it's difficult for me to be a little aloof as you know in my in my approach uh, when it comes to a lot of stuff yeah so it's funny you say that because I've I've been in several meetings with you now and it's just interesting <laughs> it's interesting to watch you just kind of you sit and absorb and absorb and, and then all of a sudden it'll just erupt what would you whatever it is you've been <laughs> feeling so it's quite interesting to have that happen <laughs> so I've never heard you quite explain it that way to me before thank you for that so so back to your paper then you say something in there which I found interesting you talk about um about right now we are very information rich but knowledge poor so talk to me about that in terms of what you just described and the difference between technology and and human and creativity what's the difference between information and knowledge and and how can you have one without the other go back a little bit to how you know market research uh, was born and how it evolved I think the underlying premise was that we do not have information and we need to get this information in the most uh, you know efficient precise way which is by asking and then there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of science that has gone behind how we ask and then how we analyze the responses uh, to answer business questions and so on and so forth so this this happened in an environment where information was not uh, available but we live in a very um, uh, different world today and uh, you know so today there is an abundance of information right but we can, and this information has not come the same way that information earlier used to come to help us answer business challenges or business questions or things i think these are uh, you know the it's messy messy ecosystem today the landscape you have all kinds of information wow you are so right i mean it really is different now right what the way we access information today is just a totally different ball game there's just so much out there isn't there and i think the biggest difference is a lot of the information is what our consumer is putting up there uh, in a very volitional way right they're sharing uh, there's a lot uh, that we are learning about all their experiences uh, in a very organic way so which means that we can't really apply uh, apply the old rules to the new new uh, content right and 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 therefore i think while there has been an abundance of information it's not necessarily immediately led to uh, uh knowledge or 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 sometimes even to insights right and uh, and that's because it and there's a danger of getting uh, misled depending on how you look at the information and how you're processing so some of the old rules don't apply and which is why i think we, we i i feel like we've seen the cycle where there's a lot of uh, excitement about the fact that now there's information available which you don't need to you know uh, create or you know harvest and uh, it's it's more about leveraging and uh, and 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 then there is a lot of delight with just having that information so you you've had uh, you know people invest in dashboards and you know tickers and you know a lot of information streaming in real time constantly 
and i think today we are reaching that uh, peaking point where people are saying okay I, the information is there but how do i use this what do i do with it for me the game changer has been the consumer who has changed right the consumer is empowered the consumer is uh, is has a say in everything uh, they're no longer passive uh, they often create you can put something out uh, there in the market but then they take it and make it their own and change it and so it it's really your knowledge is only going to come when you start looking at things with the with with consumer centricity you know and i think that's that's the challenge i would say today where in spite of having information we don't have knowledge okay but um, i i think that's what i that's what i always thought ai was about right like that they, they take all this information and and group it into things for you because it's so much data and why is it that you would need a human on top of that hmm so ai is a very um i think it's a, it's a very uh, fashionable word to use uh, and uh, it you know you have the fantasy of ai right which is these robots that come and take over your life and you know you can't tell whether they are human or not oh absolutely it's the it's the west world threat yes <laughs> i mean i'm a, i'm a sci-fi freak i love that stuff but it it's definitely a a threat it's it's a little scary can machines just do it all <laughs> but we are very very far away from that and a lot of a uh, lot of ai today is really about teaching the machine to organize synthesize huge volumes of uh, data and uh, and make meaning out of it find the patterns distill it so that it becomes more manageable and do it at tremendous speed it it that's just about uh, you know if 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 you take a cooking analogy it's it's just about you have marinated the meat or you have you know you have uh, sort of prepared your ingredients but what is the dish that you're going to cook up or how are you going to present it that that the machine can't do and 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 that if 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 i were to apply that analogy i would think that is what ai is about it helps you um work with huge sets of uh, data and volumes and and essentially that is what our information ecosystem is today right that is what has changed we are saying there is a lot of information out there i don't need to go and collect that information today because it's already available but then my processes are not yet ready to be able to deal with it at that level and uh, if we want uh, insights i think we need to go beyond just distilling organizing you know um sort of finding those uh, uh, the correlations and patterns it's going to the next level and saying so what mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it, it, it the pa- the patterns tell you one thing but maybe you want to break the patterns right right Or maybe you want to you want to disrupt sometimes it could be contradictions uh with all of which are really the germs for insights and and that only uh, that comes only with human judgment expertise and the other big thing with ai is you know it's all uh, a bulk of it is to do with text yeah the text the work that the content the input that goes is text or numbers or content which is uh, you know you know we're not talking about different kinds of content the second level is of course pictures and videos and uh, images mm-hmm. but Uh, the process is one where you are crafting the algorithm and this algorithm is really about 
how do you craft the algorithm right uh, or or how do you teach the machine what is it that you're looking for and which which is which is really uh, in a sense your hypothesis of what is what are success drivers right what is it that you want to prove or what are, what do you think you're going to do with the output when you create a certain algorithm and all of this is inherently subjective so there is nothing that is purely ai there has to be human intervention and uh, the more comfortable we are you know uh, working with our judgment working with intuitions hypotheses you know empathy a lot of uh, you know the human values i think you can teach the machine better yeah and uh, so it's very i i i i think uh, ai is a means to an end it's not an end in itself interesting so so got it so you've got this base of technology and information and it can do certain things but you need this humanness on top of it is what you're saying to really make some sense and get some good insight out of it so so what it, and and in your paper you talk about this human being this curator right so what makes yes. for a good curator hmm, that's a very uh, nice question and the thing with uh, curation is i think the the fundamental essence of curation is if if i may say it is reduction right Mm. Uh, or it is uh, it is distilling or it's taking away everything that's irrelevant so that you zone in on only that which is important yeah it's kind of like the sculptor right what what is it they say that michelangelo said that he looked at the stone and just chipped away everything that doesn't look like david it's like that right you just you have to reduce it down to what it is you're looking for and if you think about that process it is it is what is relevant to you right so the the person who is uh, viewing what is curated their needs their uh, objectives uh, form one part of the equation then the skills of what to take off how to uh, how to recraft or rearticulate something in a very simple easy way uh, so that it connects uh, with who you know with the user that is the second part of the skill and the third part of course is what is it that you're curating right the content itself and and all these three things i think need to come together so if you're looking at a curator there is we at at epsos i think we we look at two levels of curation there's a basic curation which is taking a lot of content a lot of data distilling it and reducing it to a more consumer centric uh, form of uh, knowledge or insight but then the second bit comes which is that where is the business impact or what how is why should why should a client or a marketer or an enterprise know this how is it going to help their business where uh, a very strategic lens needs to come in the third part is okay now that i know this what do i do with it how can i turn it into an advantage for my business where you need a level of expertise uh, that needs to come in you need judgment you need creativity so curation is all these things and you know it it doesn't mean one person does it all but you one person needs to know how to harness all these different things together to be then able to deliver something uh, you know that is that is of business relevance and value uh, to to uh, to the user uh i would say the skills for curator would be very strong uh, business understanding the client business understanding knowing um 
what skills are required to curate different kinds of data because it's very messy knowing uh, you know the skill of distillation and then the output because it has to be understood digested it has to inspire the user uh, you need a lot of uh, articulation skills so storytelling visualization even the format and interface it, it's not necessarily one person doing all of it but somebody who knows whom to uh, bring in for which of these skills and then how to string it all together for that yeah so so uh, i'm going to use an example just in my everyday life so i might use someone who curate if i'm looking to go on vacation i might use someone who curates vacation sites for me right based on all the different vacation sites that are out there but there's an element of trust that i have to have for that person as they pull together because if you talk about reduction here by definition you're saying they're going to leave some stuff out and i have mm. to trust right that they're that they're not going to leave out something that i would have wanted to see so is there a level of trust that must happen when you have someone curating and the second part of my question is can you be too close to it like you know i'm i'm thinking of maybe a client who wants to have their own ideas kind of come to the surface and they're a little too close to that um and and so the the DIYness of it might be a little difficult for them so there's two pieces to my question there excellent question uh, april excellent in fact uh, uh, and the answers are there in your question yes trust is very important and uh, trust and objectivity if if you think about let's say the travel example right what would it mean whom would you then go to right so you would go to someone who has your best interest and who knows you very well mm-hmm. uh and who will be looking out for you just the way you would look out for yourself and this person would also uh, know who would be in touch with the trends or with interesting things or the latest stuff that is happening there or would know people who know stuff right and 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 that's why you go to that person for an ad, for advice on uh, travel so it's the same thing with uh, business curation and uh, you know uh, what you do it 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 is about trust it's about objectivity and for us the objectivity uh, comes from being consumer centric you know so the objectivity is not so much from uh, you know being uh, be, being your wingman you know the client's wingman or wingwoman or wing person but it's really about being the consumer custodian and saying hey you know if you really uh, want to think about what is best for your business this is what is happening with the consumer and therefore this is what you need to be looking at so i would i would put that as uh, one part of the you know the the, the whole trust equation and uh, what is the role that uh, the curator brings in and 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 that's really the mirror side of the other question right which is about are you too close to it and uh, you know uh, do you have the objectivity i would say uh, i would say uh, i wouldn't completely rule out diy because uh, you know because curation involves so many parts there is something you can always bring in so there are many experiences that uh, marketers uh, or clients have 
uh, as part of their you know job or role or their life experiences or you know uh, how they work with brands uh, which is equally valuable as what comes from our understanding of the consumer and you know what the consumer is doing but the end thing of how you pull it all together and uh, what it means for your business how to drive impact how to inspire all your uh, you know partners to come up with uh, ideas and activation i think there you need expertise uh, you need consumer understanding expertise i would very strongly advocate that you have a good curator partner uh, who is able to do that trusted objective consumer centric role got it so so then tell me is this is this scalable it sounds like it's one person at a time no i think it's very scalable uh, it's very scalable uh, uh, because you are you know the skills that you're looking for uh, exist uh, not just within the market research industry but outside it there are you know let's take storytelling or let's take uh, writing right or narrat- narrating let's take data visualization let's take uh, distilling or or content creation all of you know we, we no longer have to look just within market research uh, streams for uh, these kind of skills there's a wider community that's available i think uh, the challenges uh, for scalability comes from changing the perspective because it it is it is it, it has disrupted it is a bit disruptive to the way we have historically and traditionally looked at uh, research so it needs a different uh, mindset and a different hat to mm-hmm. wear and and what i find is sometimes uh, the younger generation uh, take to this very naturally <laughs> you know mm-hmm. because uh, it, it's a generation uh, that's living with content curation all the time right i mean they have grown up with uh, over information and they cons- they already curating their life interesting and so uh, i think uh, it's it's just looking to different sources and uh, the data is available everywhere today you know we live in a digital world and most uh, organizations are you know they have the whole uh, digital transformation mandate so i i do think it's scalable but i think it needs a different way of resourcing and managing it and looking for resources from different uh, different with a different perspective so there's a it's a change and it's different and it's it's a question of adapting to well radhika this has been wonderful thank you so much for joining us on insight out this has been a wonderful conversation thank you april i really enjoyed uh, speaking with you well thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of insight out As I mentioned, we'll be providing a link to Radhika's white paper entitled Human Curation in an AI World on our episode description. So you can find the full paper there and feel free to read that very fascinating um, perspective that she has on all of this. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to make sure you get the latest episode delivered directly to you. And we'll see you next time.